Hi there, I'm Maddie and I serve on the Joy Production team. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Through taking the time to listen to this message, we pray you'll not only come to know more about God, but you'll come to know more about yourself as well. Once again, thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy today's message. Next Sunday is a, is a very special Sunday. Next Sunday is something we've never done before, at least to this degree or in this way. We're calling it Agreement Sunday, and we've been talking about it the last several weeks, but I want to talk about it again because I know that no matter how much I talk about it, you, there, there will still be people that will hear about it for the first time. And so um, we're asking you to take one of these cards, and I'm going to be talking more specifically about this this morning, but take one of these cards. There's four, a place for you to write in four prayer requests, things that you're believing God for in 2020, and then the last one is one that I'm believing for, for this church, and, and um, you know, I, I we'll talk about that just a little bit next week, but primarily next week is going to be about prayer, and uh, uh, really just praying for, uh, praying the prayer of agreement. And I want to read this scripture <clears throat> in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19. This is Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19, and Jesus said, I also tell you this. How many of you know, first of all, you can trust the words of Jesus? He said, I also tell you this, if two of you agree down here on earth concerning anything that you ask for, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Now, I don't know what you think about when you think about prayer. I don't know what you consider when it, when it comes to this idea that we are going to pray together. And I know that for some of you, you're kind of veterans in this. You sort of get it. You've, you've maybe heard some of these things. But for others of you, prayer is kind of that thing that you do as a last resort. Or prayer is sort of like rubbing a, a, a rabbit's foot, hoping, you know, maybe shotgunning. You know, we're going to see if we can bring something down from heaven. Maybe if I just, you know, get 17 of these cards, fill them all up, maybe one of them will actually happen. And, and I'm so excited for some of you because I just know, I just know that God is going to do some really cool things as it relates to prayer in your life. I think a whole new world is going to open up for you. I think a, a brand new experience in prayer is going to become a reality in your life. And so I want to ask you this morning to do something that's really, really difficult. And that's pretend, pretend that you've never heard these scriptures on prayer. Pretend that, that this is a blank canvas in your life because I know that for some of you, you've been disappointed in prayer. You've asked for stuff and it never happened. And you wonder why it didn't happen. And then sometimes religion steps in, sometimes reasoning steps in, sometimes unbelief steps in and begins to paint a different picture than what perhaps the Word of God would say to you. And so again, I want to remind you, uh, uh, read this together. It says again, I, 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 good grief, I want to read this one more time. <laughs> I also tell you this, if two of you agree down here on earth concerning anything that they ask for, my Father in heaven is going to do it for you. That's hard to misunderstand that, isn't it? I said that's kind of hard to misunderstand, isn't it? And yet, does that not challenge our thinking and our experiences? It challenges our life, doesn't it? So he says again, if two would agree on earth isn't touching anything that they ask, my father's going to do it for you. And then he goes on, and this is what we quote so often, for where two or three uh, gather together because <clears throat> they are mine, I will be right there among them. First of all, Jesus likes agreement. <laughs> he likes us to be in agreement with him. And so this morning, I want to just share some things. We're going to do a deep dive into a couple of scriptures this morning to help, I hope to help you understand. This morning, please everybody hear this. We're talking about a very specific kind of prayer today. You may or may not know this. I, 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 my spiritual father, the person I, I, I 
just has helped me a lot in my life. Uh, he would say this about prayer. The Bible talks about a lot of different kinds of prayer. And every one of these prayers has, at times, a little bit different rules for that particular type of prayer. He said it would be sort of like what we've done is we've taken all the scriptures in the Old Testament and in the New Testament as it relates to prayer. And we put them all in a big bag. We shuck it up real good. We dumped it out on the table. And we've tried to make all of those sayings and all of those uh, uh, rules or principles about prayer apply to every kind of prayer. And perhaps this is foreign talk to you today, uh, but, but you need to know this, that there are very specific kinds of prayer. If you look at prayer from the Old Testament perspective, it's different in the Old Testament than it is now in the New Testament or under the New Covenant. Jesus added something. He said that when you pray, pray to the, he said up until now, you've never prayed for anything in my name, the name of Jesus. But now when you go to the Father, use my name. It's kind of like, use my card. <laughs> use my authority. When you go to the Father. Well, that's different than it was in the Old Testament. That's different than it was under the old covenant that we have. And so God gives us different kinds of prayers, sort of like different tools in your toolbox. Or different kinds of sports was the illustration that my spiritual father would use. That, that, that if you tried to play baseball with football rules, you're going to have a problem. It's not going to be much fun. If you tried to play basketball with hockey rules, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And similarly, that's many times why our prayers haven't worked is because we've been taking one kind of prayer and applying different kinds of rules to it or missing what it was <clears throat> that Jesus talked about. <clears throat> in Matthew chapter 6, familiar scripture, we call it the Lord's Prayer. But in Matthew chapter 6, uh, uh, Jesus said, in this manner also I want you to pray. And he'd been talking about some things about prayer before this, about, about some of the general principles of prayer. He said, therefore, pray our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The first kind of, right out of the box, in the Lord's Prayer, the pattern of prayer. And I think it's significant to point out because people ask, well, why don't we pray this all the time if this is the Lord's Prayer? This is the only time that, as far as we know, this is the only time that the disciples ever prayed this prayer. It's the only time. But Jesus was giving some very important principles as it relates to prayer. And he said, the very first thing that you need to do, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The very first, this is a prayer of worship. This is my favorite kind of prayer. The majority of my personal prayer, it's done in the idea of worship. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your name is great, that your name is greatly to be praised. I want to remind myself of the greatness of God, not the greatness of my problem. The Bible says that God already knows your situations. He knows your problems. He knows your struggles. He knows your weaknesses. He's intimately aware of you. He's intimately aware of you. He knows every, He notices the sparrow that falls. He knows the number of hair on your head. And he's intimately concerned and aware about you. But God wants you to be intimately aware of his power, of his grace, of his mercy, of his majesty, and his might. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We get the title for this particular message, Up There, Down Here, from this verse. Jesus said, before you ever get to you, see, we've thought prayer was just going to God and say, God, I need this, I need that. It's sort of a checklist. Okay, God, I, it was like a grocery list. God, I, I need this, I want that, boy, be nice, did you hear, and, and all of these different things. But Jesus said, I want you to go to the Father, first of all, and realize how big he is. Magnify your God, not your problem. And then, before you ever get to your stuff, God says, 
you might want to consider what my will is before you get to your will. You, wanna, you might want to consider my stuff before you start talking about your stuff. This is a wrestling match in prayer. Jesus prayed this prayer at least one time in the Garden of Gethsemane. He, he said, Heavenly Father, these are the things that I want. Nevertheless, not my will, but, but your will be done. That's a different kind of prayer. That is a prayer of consecration. It is a prayer of dedication. It is a prayer that says, God, I don't know what next year, next, the next five years or ten years are going to bring, but I want you to know that your kingdom and your will is more important than my kingdom and my will. And so, Father, no matter what happens, I want to do what you want done here on earth, which alerts us to another kind or thought about prayer. Whenever you see things that are happening on planet earth that aren't in alignment with God's will or the way things are done in heaven, that should tell us how we can pray. Because Jesus said, when you go to the Father and you begin to pray that you Talk about his kingdom and his will being done. What's up there happening down here. How many of you know that will fill up a prayer card? <laughs> when we look around this world and we see things that don't line up from, from I mean, it's just a, there, there's, a, there's a ton of things that do not line up with the will of God being done on planet earth. And so, again, in this manner, therefore, pray our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Finally, we get to the important part of prayer. Give us. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Give us this day our daily bread. This is another kind of prayer. It is a petition kind of or, or what has been called. And I think that the word petition is, is not a great word today because we think of petition as something that we sign and we get other people to sign it and it's going to put pressure on somebody. That's not necessarily petition is a request. Petition is asking. And that's what this particular prayer is. It is a petition kind of prayer. <clears throat> uh, uh, again, give us this day our daily bread. And then Jesus begins to introduce some rules of prayer, some thoughts about prayer, some things that govern and, and are, are necessary guidelines when it comes to prayer. Give us this day our daily bread and, and forgive us our trespasses. Actually, New King James, what does it say? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's kind of a reality check for us. We are to forgive others as we ourselves have been forgiven. If we don't operate in forgiveness, Jesus, after his great discourse on what faith is, said, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought one against another. There's some heart work that has to be done. That's why the wrestling match, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Not my kingdom, but your kingdom. Not my wants, not my desires, not the injustices that were done to me. But Father, I want your justice here on earth. And so God, you've forgiven them and you've forgiven me. And so I'm forgiving, I'm releasing that. If you don't do that, that's a hindrance to prayer. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You're great, you're awesome. Your kingdom come, your will be done right here on planet earth. Give us this day our daily bread. I got stuff going on, God, and I need your help. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And then he says, don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That there's power that we have that is greater than the power of the enemy. He's a defeated foe. Yes, he is active. He's alive. He's a liar. But he's also been defeated. And then he says, for yours, this is a doxology, by the way. <clears throat> Just thought I'd point that out. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And we... 
probably many of you can quote that, many of you have heard that, but in that it gives us some very specific ideas as it relates to different kinds of prayer. And as I mentioned before, I will mention it again and probably a few more times, next Sunday we are praying a specific kind of prayer. It is a petition kind of prayer with the power of agreement, where Jesus said that when two would agree on earth as in touching anything they ask, it will be done. Jesus said, I'm going to do it if we get into agreement. Now, <laughs> I want to do a deep dive on a couple of scriptures this morning and just and just sort of take it apart. And um, it's probably, when it relates to this kind of prayer, one of my favorite scriptures, I, I, I believe that, that we need to pray the word of God. That's the basis of answered prayer. I, I like what one person said, that prayer is going to the Heavenly Father along with His promise, taking my need to God along with His promise to meet the need. That's why, for me, worship kind of prayer is the most important kind of prayer. I, I, I start with worship. I'm just worshiping God, and I'm reminding myself of His greatness, of His power. But eventually, I get to Heavenly Father. I thank you that you said this. And because you said this, I expect that. So I thank you for that right now. I thank you in advance. And, and, and it's a worship kind of prayer. And so when we consider this up there, down here, God said, I want, I want you to ask. I want you to pray. I want you to consider that my will will be done on earth. I want my, God is saying, I want my will done in your marriage, in your family, in your children, in, in your job, in your career. I want my will. And God says, I got good thoughts for you. I got good plans for you, plans to give you a hope and give you a future. That is the goodness of God that we sang about on your behalf. So, again, I want you to read these scriptures with a blank canvas, without preconceived ideas. I've been, well, I've started to go there. I don't want to go there because I'll get in trouble and preach something else that I, has been on my heart and I'm not ready for it yet. First John chapter 5, I love this verse. I love these two verses when it relates to Scripture. And I'm just going to take it apart for you. First John 5 and verse 14 says this. Here's what we can be sure of when we come to God in prayer. It's what we're talking about, the subject. Next week, we are going to be praying. Hopefully, you have been prayerfully considering what is it that I'm going to write in these four things. And I'm asking you once again, please don't take 10 cards and bring 40 things. But I'm also concerned on the other side, some of you are struggling with coming up with four things. Which tells me there's a whole different problem. That sometimes we become so comfortable. Sometimes we become so... <clears throat> Hope is a confident and favorable expectation. It is to have a confident and favorable expectancy from God. We talked about it a few weeks ago in the book of Hebrews, that, that hope is an anchor for our soul that is anchored and secure in the very holy of holies. It's a confident and a favorable expectation that when I expect, I have an expectancy from God in doing certain things. And I think that, that some of us are hopeless, but it's not hopeless because things are so bad. We're not hopeless because, uh, because there's so many wrong things in our life or around us. We're hopeless because everything's good. We're hopeless because everything's going okay. We're hopeless because our needs basically are met. House is okay, car's okay, job's okay, finances are okay, kids are okay. I have no expectancy of anything more. And we've settled into a numbness. We've settled into a, a, a quietness where everything's just okay. And there's no more expectancy of God doing anything at all. 
I just said what I thought I wasn't going to say. <laughs> but I think it's important. Because without faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you're not hoping for anything, your faith is lazy. Your faith is inactive. It is inoperative. Because it's got nothing to work towards. Faith and hope have to work together. And hopefully I'm encouraging your hope this morning. Not I wish it would happen. But that you would build a confidence when it comes to prayer. And that's what John says here in chapter 5, verse 14. Here is what we can be sure of. What we can be sure of when we come to God in prayer. Other translations say this is the confidence that we have in him. Or this assures our boldness before him. The book of Hebrews says that we should come boldly into the throne of grace. Now think about how you and I many times approach prayer. We, we enter into that place of prayer. But it's not a place of confidence. It's not a place of boldness. It's a place where we're kind of wishing. It's a place that we're sort of hoping. It's a place that we might walk away from and we're thinking, well, I don't know if that did anything at all. I don't feel anything. I don't see anything. I, I don't know if anything even happened. It was just a waste of time or others. It's just a mystical thing and, and there's no power to it or we're so insecure and, and we feel so inadequate because we just don't know how to pray like Pastor Tim prays when he gets up here and he's just, man, it's just spitting, just, man, it's pow, pow. I don't pray like that. You don't have to pray like that. It's simply a dialogue and a conversation with God. And so again, he says, here's what we can be sure of when we come to God in prayer. There's a surety. There's a boldness. And this very next word is a qualifier. It's the word if. Everybody say if. We can be sure. Here's what we can be sure of when we come to God in prayer. If. This is a qualifier. If then. If you do this, then this is going to happen. If you don't do this, then this won't happen. If is the qualifier. And I think that sometimes we have the wrong, in fact, I know that many times we have the wrong qualifiers when it comes to prayer. Here's the place of confidence you can have when you come to God. If you've lived a perfect life, if you haven't sinned recently, if you feel like maybe there's some good things that you've done, maybe you feel like since I've been in church the last three Sundays in a row, now for sure God's going to hear me. Or because I'm embarrassed on my Friday and my Saturday, I'm showing up at church today. God, look at what I'm doing. That's not what this is saying. But this if is very, very important for this particular kind of prayer. There will be times that you'll go to God and you say, I don't exactly know, God, what your will is, but I'm surrendering and I'm submitting. This is not that kind of prayer. And so once again, he says, here's what you can be sure of when we come to God in prayer if, the next three words, if we ask anything. Let me say anything. anything. What's left out of, is, is anything left out of anything? No. So he says, if we ask anything. Now you might think, woohoo! Yes, this is awesome. I like this whole thing of prayer. It says I can ask for anything. In fact, some translations in other places say, God says, if I don't have it, I'll make it for you. Whew. Now, I, I can feel already I'm bumping up against some tradition. I'm bumping up against some thoughts. I'm bumping up against some what about. So that's why I'm asking you this morning. Let's just read this unvarnished. Let's just read this and try to ask the Holy Spirit to open up our eyes so that we're not looking through pain, that we're not looking through tradition, that we're not looking through what grandma said or grandpa said or what somebody, what Dr. So-and-so said. Let's listen to what the Apostle John said. And John said that if we, this is what we can be sure of when we come to God in prayer. If we ask anything, 
I, I, I don't know why. There's a commercial, it was years ago, uh, 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 an insurance commercial where there was an older guy with a big fishing rod saving money on insurance. He had all his fishing gear and his big fishing rod with a, like a $100 bill hanging there and the girl was trying to get it and he's, oh, you almost had this. Oh, you almost had it. I mean, you ever saw that commercial? All right, good. Half of you did. That's awesome. Some of you need to watch more TV so you can relate to my sermons. Anyway, <laughs> and I think sometimes God is doing it. It's like you think God is dangling. Oh, oh, we, oh, we almost, oh, we, God, we almost, oh, we almost got it. That's not what he's doing. He said, if we ask anything, few more words. If we ask anything, in keeping with what he wants, dang, <laughs> had to go complicate it right away. This is the hard part, because <laughs> I have no idea, God, what do you want? What's your will? What's your plan? But notice, again, what John said, here's what we can be sure of when when we come to God in prayer, if we ask anything in keeping with what he wants. This is the qualifier of the word if. If you can ask according to what he wants, the confident place that you have in prayer is when you know what God wants, what his will up there is so that it can be accomplished down here on planet earth. If we ask anything in keeping with what he wants. That is the, the current emphasis, if you will, of what John is talking about here. And so the very first principle, if you will, about prayer is that you and God have to get into agreement. I'm going to say that again over here. You and God have to get into agreement. You and God have to come to a place that you're agreeing with what he wants. And let me just alert you to a little thing that probably one of those things that could go without saying, but I feel it's important to say God is not going to come to where you are. He wants you to come to where he is. He's not going to come to your place of agreement. He wants you to come to his place of agreement. That's the Lord's prayer. Not my will, but your will. Not my kingdom, but your kingdom. And so again, he says, if we ask anything in keeping with what he wants, this is one of the biggest hurdles when it comes to this particular style or type of prayer. What does God want? And I will tell you very simply, that, and, and, and it's a little bit bigger than this, but I will tell you very simply that the way that you can know what God wants is found in the 66 volumes that we call the Bible, the promises of God that are yes and amen to you and to me. The place of agreement that you and I come to, this place of confidence that we can come to in prayer is when I know what God said in his word. It's when I take his promise and my need together into the presence of God, into the, into the presence of the most high God, and I say, Father, this is what you said about what it is that I'm going through. Amos chapter 3. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry, wait, not, not quite. <laughs> Let me go back here. Uh, what do I, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the simplest answer is that the Bible is God's will. It is what he wants. When you look at Abraham, Father Abraham, the father of our faith, in Romans chapter 4, it talks about that, that God made him a promise. He believed because of what he said. And so Abraham believed God based on what he said, and God accounted it to him as righteousness or right standing. 
God had promised, I'll make you the father of many nations, even though it was impossible because he was about 100. His wife, Sarah, was about 90, and, and, and she'd never had children before, but she believed his word. She believed, the, he believed the promise of God. And so again, he says, here's what we can be sure of when we come to God in prayer, if we ask anything in keeping with what he wants, he hears us. If I ask God, if I come to that place of prayer, and as I'm talking to God, I'm bringing uh, my petition, my request to him, along with his answer, his, his, his answers in his word to meet that need, I can be assured that I have God's ear. I can be assured that God is hearing my prayer. I can be, because we're in a place of agreement now. I'm, I'm coming to God with his answer, and, and we have now come into a place of agreement together. And, and John says, he hears us. He hears us. He hears us. How do I know that God heard me? How do I know that God heard me? When I come to this place of prayer, how can I leave that place of prayer knowing that God heard me? Is it because I feel like he heard me? Is it because I, I cried some tears? See, I thought that as a kid. I thought that the more I cried, that it showed how sincere I really am and I really mean business with God. Surely if I just cry enough, that God's going to hear me. God doesn't care how much you cry. He doesn't care how much you laugh. He doesn't care how good you are, and he doesn't care how bad you've been. The way that you get God to hear you is you go back to him with his word. Pretty quiet in this Baptist church this morning. I think you're all thinking today. Maybe I should have said Lutheran church. I don't know what it is. Here's what we can be sure of when we come to God in prayer. We can be sure about this. We can have confidence. We can, we can, we can man, we can, our knower can know down here. Not because I got a goosebump. If we ask anything in keeping with what he wants, he hears us. Amos 3.3 says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? It's impossible. You can't. And God wants you to walk with him. He has a path for you. And he's provided a guide. His name is the Holy Spirit who will lead you into truth. He will guide you. You are to walk hand in hand with him. Because he's got a direction and a destination for your life and for the life of the family that God has given to you and for the career that he's given to you. God's got a plan for all of those things working together for his glory and for his honor. Praise God. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 says this. As his divine power has given, has, he's already done this, this is past tense, he's, he's already given to us or to me, he's already done this, church, so quit trying to earn it. He's already done this, church, so quit trying to deserve it. Quit trying to talk yourself out of why God can't do what he already given to you. That would be like me giving Pastor John a $100 bill and Pastor John denying that he even has it. I'm not going to give you that, by the way. <laughs> we, are definitely, we are in agreement right now. You are not getting that from me. I mean, somebody else, but not from me. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> His divine power has given to us all things, all. He's already, church, he's already given you everything you need. That pertains to life, this life, and godliness, the life that is to come. He's already made it available to you, and he's made it available to me. But prayer is the thing that brings what God has given to us, those heavenly things, and brings them in manifestation here on planet Earth. When we agree with him, 
He's given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. But notice how it comes. It comes through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue by which have been, have been, past us, given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. He's already given you exceedingly great and precious what? Promises. What? Promises. promises. How do I know what? God's will is, how do I know what God wants for me? How can I know those things? I can know them by what he's revealed to us in his will or his word because his word is his will. It was his word that he gave to Abraham. When Abraham uh, was seventy, roughly 75 years old, God said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And Abraham believed that word, even though everything that he felt and everything that he saw and everything that he knew was contrary to what God said, but he understood, hallowed be thy name, that God is powerful, that God is able, and that what God has promised, he's able also to perform. And he chose to go and agree with God rather than agree with the circumstances. And while it took 25 years, eventually, (laughs) Sarah said, I think I might be pregnant. They did a whole gender reveal thing. They had big part. No, they didn't do I don't know. <laughs> Sorry about that. <clears throat> but where am I at? Verse 4, once again, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, through the promises, not through my feelings, not through somebody else's prayer, but, but have been given to me that through these, uh, that, that you might be a, a partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in this world through lust. You not only have to agree with God, you have to agree with God about what his will is for your life. And the only way you can know what his will is for your life is by these exceeding great and precious promises that he has given to you and to me. Back in 1 John chapter 5, once again, here is what we can be sure of when we come to God in prayer. If we ask anything in keeping with what he wants, he hears us. Praise God. If we know that God hears what we ask for, if we know what God hears, when God, that God hears what we, if we know, how do we know that? Because we ask according to his will. I don't know that because I feel something. I don't know that because I saw something. I don't know that because somebody, uh, uh, you know, somebody else maybe said something along the same line. I don't feel that. I don't know that because I saw a cloud that looked like a cross and another one that looked like a dove. I don't, I don't feel that or know that because I saw some other kind of thing. Now, maybe those things might help, but, but, but I'm telling you right now, you can have this place of confidence in prayer. Again, you can know that God hears us. In verse 15, if we know that God hears what we ask for. You know what else that tells me? That tells me that there are some things God is not going to hear that you might have asked for. I've heard people say this, God always answers prayer. Sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no, sometimes it's wait a while. I kind of like it, but I mostly don't like it. (laughs) I kind of like it, but I don't like it. Because to me, that leaves everything up to Kesarasara, whatever will be, will be. You might, you might not, you never know. There's no confidence in that kind of prayer. And this specific prayer says, I can have confidence. In fact, if we would follow that reasoning, that line of thinking, sometimes God says yes, sometimes he says no, sometimes he says wait a while. There's definitely wait a while. Abraham lived it out 25 years. There's definitely way to while. I'm living in things today that I prayed and asked God for 10 years ago. I don't know why it's stinking takes so long, except I know that there's stuff God's got to do in me. 
and that sometimes I'm the biggest roadblock to God's prayer being answered. It's not the devil. <laughs> it's me. If I can blame the devil, then I don't have to change anything. I can just wait, and I'll still be waiting. But this tells me that God answers the prayers that he hears. So that tells me that there are some types of prayer that God doesn't even hear because we're not in agreement. Now, there are other types of prayer. The New Testament talks about other kinds of prayer, other things. And there's a relational style of prayer that we can go to God and say, God, I don't know, and I don't understand, and I don't get it. That's okay. The, one of the most spiritual prayers you can pray is, God, I just don't understand how. I don't know what's going on. God is a loving God, and he's a good God, and he's a father that will embrace you in that weakness. But know that there are some things that God's given you his word for. So once again, he says, <clears throat> if we know that God hears what we ask for, we know that we have it. Now think about this. Read this in its entirety. Here's what we can be sure of when we come to God in prayer. If we ask anything in keeping with what he wants, then he hears us. And if we know, <clears throat> two times in that last verse, we see the word we know. If we know he hears us, I have, to be, I have to be confident that God heard me, not based on me, but based on what he said. We have to be confident, that's faith. We have to be confident in his grace that is sufficient. We have to be confident in the things that he has said. If I know he hears me, then I know. We know we have it. Think about this as it relates to prayer. What did he say? What did John say that we would have after this place of prayer? John said we would have whatever he heard. John said that when we reach this place of confidence, and, and, and this is, a, I think, a very important yet subtle distinction when it comes to this specific kind of prayer, that it is important to have confidence that God heard me, and if God heard me, then I know I have it. That's what Abraham did. He believed God. He believed God's promise was greater. He believed that God's promise was more powerful because God himself is the one who is the surety. God himself is the guarantor of his promises. How do we know that he heard us? Because we feel it? Because we see an answer? Because the pain is gone? No, because he heard us. Because we asked according to his will. Listen to this. I mean, this is the, the Passion Translation of Mark eleven twenty three. 23, a great scripture on faith. faith. <clears throat> it says, listen to the truth that I speak to you. This is Jesus. If someone says to this mountain with great faith and having no doubt, mountain be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea, believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. Will, future tense, it will be done. Verse 24, this is the reason that I urge you to boldly believe. It's what John was saying. We can be sure of, we can have confidence in, boldly believe. Hebrews again says, come boldly to the throne of grace. I can be bold with God, and that sounds arrogant. It sounds perhaps, you know, demanding in a way. And yet I can be bold with God based on what he said. The word covenant, idea of covenant, it's an agreement or a contract. This is the new covenant. If you would look at the new covenant that, that God provided for us through Jesus, and you would look at it like maybe a document, a banking document or an insurance document, and you could go to your insurance company and say, listen, this is the provision right here. This is what you said you were going to do. 
you would have some boldness about that because you knew that you were on good ground. That's what God's wanting from you or for you and for me, that we would have this boldness. We say, God, this is, this is what you said. The devil's doing this and life is doing that and all these other things. I, I'm, I remember the connection. I'm connected to you, God. I'm connected to you by faith and by the Holy Spirit. I'm also connected to this life. And Jesus said, in this life, in this world, you're going to have some trouble. What am I going to believe? Am I going to believe what God said or am I going to believe what my eyes say? Am I going to believe what God says or am I going to believe what my body feels? Am I going to believe what God said or am I going to believe what the news tells me I need to be afraid of? Again, this is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. This is a very subtle, subtle distinction. I'll ask you a quick question. What did Jesus say would be yours? Did Jesus say the thing that you asked for would be yours? No. <clears throat> Jesus said that you would receive what you believed you received when you prayed. So if you leave the place of prayer and you don't believe you got anything, guess what? Your prayer just got answered. You got exactly what you believe for, which is not anything. And if you, it, 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 subtle, but it's powerful. My believing is based on God's saying what he said, his word, his scriptures. And I can, I can go to him and I know that he's going to hear me. I know that I have his ear. Praise God. I don't have to question it anymore. I don't have to worry about what he heard or not, because he hears his word. God's word on the lips of the weakest believer is more powerful than anything on planet earth. And Jesus said that when you go in this place of prayer, I want to read verse 24 one more time. This is the reason that I urge you to boldly believe. Church, <clears throat> we're walking into something next week. I want to encourage you to boldly believe based on his promise. Seize the day, the moment. Boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. I've taken his word, gone to him with it. Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. When I leave that place of prayer, I have to have confidence that God heard me. And if I believe that God heard me, then I know that I have whatever it is that I ask for. Now, here's the challenge over this next week. One of my big concerns. In Romans chapter 4 and verse 20, I've kind of talked about it, but it says this. Talking about Abraham, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. But he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. God made him a promise. You're going to be the father of many nations. His wife had never conceived, had never born a child. And here God is telling this couple, you're going to have, you're going to have so many descendants, it'll be harder to number the descendants than the stars in the sky or the sands in the sea. Now, that's a big promise when you're talking to somebody who's never had a kid before. It seems too big to imagine. <clears throat> and yet Abraham believed. Verse 21 says, being fully convinced that, he had that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. One of the, I think one of the most important principles is being convinced that what God, in fact, the idea in the Greek is that he came through a process of persuasion to a settled conclusion. 
And, and that very first part, hallowed be thy name, is telling me, it is reminding me, it is my confidence that God is greater, that God is more powerful, that God is more awesome, that God has ability beyond ability beyond ability, and, that, and God is willing to use that on my behalf. When we pray, we have to, we have, to have that mindset and that understanding. It's so important. That what he promised, he's able to perform. And he's guaranteeing it by his power to you and to me. Once again, being fully convinced that what he was, had promised, he was able also to perform. <clears throat> My concern is a couple of things when we approach this particular kind of prayer. And I'm asking you to fill this out. I'm asking you to bring this with you next Sunday. I've been asked the question, is it one per family? Yes. Is it just, is it husbands and wives? Yes. Is it husbands and wives? Do they each fill out one and your kids each fill out one? Yes. I can't answer that question for you. If there are things that you, as a husband and wife, are believing for, Shelly and I are going to do this together. We've already got a list, but, but we're going to do this together. We're going to agree together. But perhaps there's a, a situation where, where, where there may be some things that you're asking God for that your spouse isn't. That's okay. S Pastor Steph is doing this with the kids next Sunday in, 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 uh, in the elementary areas. They're going to be doing a version of this as well, teaching on prayer and agreement and, and those kinds of things. So I can't, give you, I can't give you the specifics. I can tell you what we're going to do. And what I'm asking you to do. And what my, con my concern is this, is some of you have no idea what the promises of God are. We, we this week, put together this little thing. They're, they're available in the back. Just a, uh, it says up there, down here. And, and just, what is it, 40, I'm sorry, 24 promises that God gives to you. That might be, now I've got, well. But here's the easier thing. Google, there's this thing called Google. Anybody aware of it? called the internet, been around for a while. I was impressed. I, some, some, some people who, you know, we think sometimes, well, you know, they, they just don't get into technology and they're showing me stuff on, they're, they're maneuvering their smartphone this morning, they're bringing pictures, showing me stuff, and it's like, that's awesome, praise God. All of you know, most all of you know how to Google something. Amen? So, let's say that you have sickness in your body. You know what you should do? Google God's promises for my healing. You know what you're going to get? You're going to get more scriptures than you ever thought were possible about what God says about your healing. And maybe there's anxiousness in your life, and you can Google what God's Word says about anxiousness, or do not worry, or peace. And perhaps if you Google something, scriptures for divorcing my, my spouse so that I can marry somebody else, and nothing comes back, guess what? You have now gotten out of agreement with God. If you look for scriptures for that one girl that's across the room to marry me, guess what? Ain't going to happen. I know that sounds funny, but people under the guise, well, I'm just going to believe God. No, you can believe God, but he ain't hearing that one because you're out of agreement with him. This is a serious exercise. <laughs> it really is. Take some time this week to do your homework because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if you don't know where to begin, Google's a great place. It will help you. Really, really will. A lot of worldwide web is a worldwide full of, there's a spider web out there. But there's, you know, it's a, it's a very useful and powerful tool for your life. 
really is. So next week, I'm going to ask you to bring these cards with you. We're going to just do a big line, and we're going to have a time where Shelly and I are just going to agree with you just for a few moments. Father, we thank you, and we're going to agree together and do communion. We're going to worship God. And, 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 and I, I want to share some thoughts about, okay, because we're, we're now entering into a battle, if you will, the battle of faith, the fight of faith. Faith is a fight. We're going to talk about that. And that's why I say I'm so excited for some of you because a whole new arena of prayer is going to open up for you. A whole new power of prayer is going to open up for you because we're going to seize the day. Amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you that this week is going to be so powerful. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that when we agree together, we know that you're going to hear our prayer because you're right here with us. And we're going to ask you based on what you've already promised. And so, Father, I thank you that we can partake of those divine and precious promises that are so exceedingly great and that you're able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we can even ask or think. And so, Father, I pray this morning that you would begin to stir up hope in this congregation, that you would stir up an expectancy in the heart and in the life of this congregation. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would stir up a holy boldness on the inside side of each and every one of us today, and I thank you for that, that as we agree together in prayer, I thank you that your power is going to be present in such a way that, Father God, we not only sense it, but we walk from this place with a confidence in prayer and a confidence in you that we've not experienced before, and we thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said...